Everyone welcome our new sponsor, Diet Smoke. Diet Smoke is the premier source for legal THC and mushroom products. The team at Diet Smoke sent us gummies to enjoy while we horror and chill. My favorite are the Great Sleep Gummies. And mine are the Cherry Lime Gummies. With a wide range of strengths and doses, Diet Smoke promises to find the perfect product for you. Whether you want something strong to unwind, a boost of energy to keep you going, or a lighter option for a mellow high, Diet Smoke has you covered. They understand everyone is different, which is why they're dedicated to helping you find the perfect product. Their customer service team will be by your side helping you along the way. Diet Smoke has cannabis gummies, shots, and vapes, each one made to deliver the best balance of flavor and effect. So don't settle for less and join the Diet Smoke community and discover the buzz for you. Visit dietsmoke.com today and use code DFWTO for 50% off any item and enjoy your journey to cannabis bliss. Diet Smoke, your partner in finding the perfect THC and mushroom products. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, it's Casper. And Becky. From the DFWTO podcast. If you've been a longtime listener, you know how much mental health means to us. Mental health actually plays a role in many horror films, especially the final girl subgenre. Whether it's Nancy facing her nightmares and defeating Freddy, or Sydney taking out Ghostface to overcome the trauma of and avenge her mother's death. Not only are horror movies a huge comfort to Casper and I, so is putting our mental health first. And if you agree and you're searching for professional services, let BetterHelp be your guide. BetterHelp will connect you with a licensed therapist who can help you start your journey of self-awareness and discovery. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be flexible and convenient for any type of schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get yourself matched up with a licensed therapist and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Just like the final girls that triumph over evil, triumph over your trauma with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DFWTO and save 10% off your first month when you sign up today. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DFWTO. And remember guys, don't fuck with the original. Now let's get into the episode. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. And I'm your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. So we have a special episode tonight, you guys. You may remember last year uh, when we had the um, 50,000 interviews that we had because of Horror Hound. Again, thanks to everybody for that. That was so much fun. A grand plethora (laughs) of interviews, which was... So awesome. You guys may remember one specific one. Um, her name is Victoria Vertuga. She is the in the movie called Cold, Cold, Cold Blows the Wind. Sorry. Cold <laughs> Blows the Wind. I'm good. Cat got <laughs> And um, she actually, the movie is actually out to be able to view. Um, you guys are actually able to watch it now. And she wanted to come back on the show and talk about it. And we are very happy to have her back on this evening. Yay! Thanks for having me. It's always a blast to be back. I love it. I'm very excited. Thanks, Victoria. We really appreciate it. It was, um, yeah, it was April. April 23rd yeah. last year. That was that almost we last, an actual year that ago. That we last talked. <laughs> what the fuck? It's going to get here quick. It's going to get yes, here quick. 
I mean, where the heck did 2023 go? Like, wow, that was gone in like a blink. But yes, here we are. Back at it, baby. <laughs> I, I feel it. like every single month was like a kid trying to get away from their parents. Where they, yes. they came in for like a couple days and then they're like, I gotta go. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be here. I can't. <laughs> this is too That's much. Pretty much. Exactly right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Cole blows the wind after horror. I mean, it, it won a, just a butt ton of awards at Horror Hound and then yeah. went on uh, to premiere at uh, Days of the Dead. And um, yeah, I mean, it just seemed to like really do great around the festival circuit. And then now it's actually available online. Um, how have, uh, have you had any like feedback as far as like DVD sales? Is it just strictly like DVD and and viewing on the web for right now, or has there been any talk about streaming quite yeah, yet? Yeah, so we actually we have a, we have a kind of a we're doing like a weird hybrid experimental kind of situation with this. We do we have um, a distributor lined up to help us out with uh, kind of the, the usual VOD stuff that will happen later in the year, but we wanted to try to sell direct from our website just because it's the 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 landscape of distribution these days is such that you get such a tiny tiny amount as a filmmaker. It's really really hard to make your money back as a filmmaker because of the fact that you're getting like fractions of a penny for when you're on AVOD services. And even with Amazon, you know, even if you're on TOV, which is the, when you, you know, purchase it for rent or, or download or whatever, they set the price and we don't. So we have no say in how much it's going for. And then again, they're taking half of that and then your distributor is taking a piece of that. So like the, the percentage that you get is just tiny, sadly minuscule and depressing. So we're like, well, let's like at least make it available uh, so we can get the biggest bang for our buck, like with the people who are actually our super fans and want to support. Um, that way that money's coming to us so we can help make our money back and, you know, go on and make the next movie. So we're going to do it. Um, just, it's basically available for our website. Yeah. We have DVDs for purchase. Um, uh, signed sometimes some of them signed by me and Jamie if people want and then we have uh, uh, basically you can rent and purchase it directly through our website you can watch it on TV through the app and stuff like that so um, we're gonna do that for about three months and then um, we kind of need like a three month leeway where it has to go bye bye before it'll be up on the usual uh, like cable for rent and Amazon for rent and all that kind of stuff so yeah that is the plan so we'll see how that goes um, it's been cool it's been good it's, it's awesome when you like make sales and have people reaching out and stuff like that it's it's always cool to connect with people and see how it does and see what the feedback is um, and it's been really nice to have the support from people like I said the people who really want to make sure that the filmmakers are like getting the money back and and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's been cool it's it was like it's a kind of a you know a lot of filmmakers do the self-distribution thing through the website to varying degrees of success so we'll see how it goes we don't expect to like obviously you know make a big and make our whole budget back from this but hopefully we can get um a little bit more upfront than we would had we go gone just straight to the VOD stuff and I hope our listeners are keeping that in mind because I'm I'm so glad you broke it down like that. I mean it kind mm-hmm. of reminded me of like <laughs> I'm I'm so aging myself when uh there was like that whole thing when TLC was like, you know, this is how you can sell yeah. this many albums mm-hmm. and be broke. Like if people don't understand and it, it still it fares works. today in like the music and film industry, oh. especially when you're independent in terms of um you know, who gets what and how all that works. And then also keeping in mind that um, the other side to that too is uh, having physical copies of mm-hmm. media. I don't think enough people are keeping in keeping in mind of, of what that means. I think a lot of people got hit with that over the past couple of months because was it Prime? 
that said they were uh-huh. going to start taking off stuff. Yeah. And people were like, I bought this. And they're like, it doesn't matter. It's digital yeah. media. You don't own it. And that's why I'm like, I have almost 700 physical DVDs. And I'm yeah. like, I want to buy more, which I'm planning on I'm, buying I'm gonna your do movie, that. by the way. I just haven't gotten <laughs> the oh, money yeah, to do no, that. Of um, it's, it's ready when you are, baby. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I just love physical media. I love Same. finding movies in the wild that you haven't seen in a yeah. long time. Pawn shops are great for that. Um, thrift stores. But Best Buy is apparently starting now where they're taking all the media away. They're completely fading And out. Target they're is talking about media. doing it now. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of them are a lot of them unfortunately are getting rid of the physical media, which sucks. I think it'll be interesting to see how that impacts things, you know, because I do think that like I'm like you guys, I I, I totally love the physical media, especially of series and things. Because the other thing that's happening in this in the world that we live in today is that things get censored and edited, and then what is available to you is not the full thing, or it's not the thing that you remember. Mm-hmm, um, yes. In terms of TV, there's constantly episodes that, that are being like canceled effectively and taken off of streaming, so you can't get those episodes. So there's stuff like that. So if you are a true fan of something and you want to have it, I think um, it's just so much safer to have a physical copy that's yours and no one can mess with it, and you know you have it, you know it's in your collection. Um, so there, And there is definitely a demand for that still, even, you know, especially in the horror community. We have people, we love our physical media. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, the fact that you're not going to be able to get it at, you know, Best Buy and Walmart target maybe as well um if people will look to other outlets and if, if actually the fact that it's going away more creates somehow more of a demand or or less we'll see how it goes you know everything is constantly changing so it, yeah it's, it's it's a crazy time and it's it's hard to stay on top of just like one day to the next things are so different and things are always moving so it's very interesting as a filmmaker to try to keep tabs on everything and plan accordingly and you know make your best guesses to what's going to work and what it isn't knowing that in two weeks from now it could look completely differently because a number of factors right very true Mm -hmm. i mean we saw we saw albums come back you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's like we saw vinyl come back so although i am very disappointed in those prices I'm oh like, God. y'all are selling vinyls for $60 now? Yikes. Like, Taylor Swift. Yeah. But, like, come on. Like, you don't really need to be selling albums for that much. I guess it's, again, if one of those things, if you listen to older music like I do, you got to hit up the pawn shops and the yeah, half-price yep. books and places like that and find those vintage albums. I, You know, I in, in terms of, like, going back to Horror Hound, um, I know that, usually there's at least one or two booths that will sell physical media of horror films yeah. and a lot. And you, I, you constantly just going back to like there being a demand for it. Um, mm-hmm. That table is always busy. Like mm-hmm. people are yep. always They're looking. there every year. I've bought from them and yeah. I, and I love it too, because they'll also have a lot of really obscure horror that, um you can actually have a physical copy of which i've been so fortunate i was like oh this is great this is awesome so i think i think there is more of a demand for it than consumers think there is but you know what do they know i'm like you know (laughs) if you guys actually like sincerely just went those companies rather yeah and sold obscure horror movies it's like mcdonald's bring the snack wrap back you know how much money you'd make (laughs) <laughs> you'd make so much money you wouldn't even know what to do with it i think yeah, that just interesting and, and so that, that's the thing too right like like they could uh you know 
everyone's always chasing trends and trying to figure out what's the best use of their time and whatever. So like if obviously if all of a sudden people are buying up physical stuff, like, you know, and other, other sites that are where it's available, then, you know, you, we might see it come back or I don't know. It, it's, it's very interesting, but yeah, the vinyl thing, I think what people are doing with that, like why it's so overpriced is because they're really like hitting up. It's kind of like VHSs if you, for like the filmmakers that are making custom VHSs or whatever for stuff yes. going forward. It's like the cost of it is, is fairly expensive as the, as the person making it. And I think they're really like focused on the, quote unquote collectors that really want mm-hmm. you know what I mean so, that, so that's why it comes with that hefty price tag but I agree it sucks it sucks that, that that's very like a prohibitive for people you know because you want to make it a, a, available to as many people as possible obviously but yeah it's uh the cost of production of everything too is just within this like you know with the inflation we've seen and everything is crazy too so yeah it's a weird time it's an interesting everything's very much in flux and changing you know that's very true too like me and Becky didn't realize the extent of like you know when we try to go buy merch on sites and stuff like that, we're yeah. like, oh my God, like, why are they so overpriced? We didn't, you know, inflation, obviously, but we didn't yeah. actually understand the extent of it until we ourselves had to raise our prices for our merch yep. because of like the, like the way that the profit works, like exactly do, doing, actually seeing it behind the scenes. It really puts it into perspective where you're like, wow, they're really not making a lot of money off of this. Exactly. It's like dollars, right? You know, it's because it, right. you think exactly people are thinking there's like, you know, an 80% profit margin or something. And it's like, nah, fam. Like, not even really close. Is. It's if, like 15%. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And then by the time you go to, obviously you have like your, if you're, you have like pay the website where you're hosting it, you have to pay, you know, the fee for this and the fee for mm-hmm. the, the credit card and the fee for that. You know what I mean? By the time like all of that stuff gets taken out, you're like, wow, I made 13 cents. I'm so rich, <laughs> you know? So it really is. It is. Crazy. <laughs> that's why we would rather i i can appreciate people that are like you know we would rather sell this for the lowest cost that we can at yes. least try to recoup some funds back on to to uh to help the people that to help our fans or help whoever that we're selling this to rather than just mark it all the way up and then what give you like 15% off, 20% off, something like that. Like just, you know, it, it but you know, all it's of basically that. how the Black Friday worked this year. They were like, hey, 50% exactly. off. And then you un, you took the sign off. Yeah, it's they not. Just, it's they just the price marked everything up and then made you think you were getting <laughs> a deal. So exactly the way that works. Um, So leading into, you know, when we were talking about just like everything going on, how crazy things have been. Um, Obviously one of the big, big things that it hit, um, the movie industry, film industry in general, mm-hmm. uh, last year was the uh, actors and writers strike. Um, yep. And uh, you posted a lot about that, which was awesome. And we were in full support of it. Um, obviously, especially, you know, uh, kind of getting a behind the scenes from filmmakers and people like you that we've talked to. And just in general, when you get really deep into into a lot of that, just you know, the, the fact that people are, are still just so disillusioned that they think that everybody, that if you say you're an actor, you're out here making Leonardo DiCaprio money. Like, I don't, <laughs> the fact that like the average person, like, I, I, yeah. So if you can speak a little bit on yeah. that from like your perspective as a writer and, and actor. 
Yeah, well, so what was so interesting about that time, um, so I, so the first, so, you know, the last writer's strike was 2008, so I was just graduating from um, college at that time, so I wasn't in the unions yet, I was just about to, I didn't join SAG, I think, until 2011, the writer's group, so recently, so, um, yeah, so I wasn't a part of that, like, you know, being in it, so it was, but I was obviously very aware of it, like, living in LA and going to school in LA and all that, so and this was my first time being part of it, which is a very interesting experience, but what I thought was kind of, there was, there was some pros that came out of it, you know, obviously the, the solidarity and the community that comes out and the support of people, but also what I loved is the fact that this can be an industry where people are always airbrushing everything, right? Putting their best foot forward, you know, spinning it to make it look as sexy and glamorous and amazing as possible. And we all kind of just dropped that and got really real and we're like, this is my paycheck. Like, I'm a series regular on this show and this is my paycheck. I made $137. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, people got really honest about what they were making and their experiences and it was kind of nice and refreshing in a way to see people sharing that and and because sometimes this feels it can feel very much like you're the only one dealing with something or you're or you're like behind everybody or whatever right so it was nice to just kind of see that we were all kind of in this together and and that we had similar experiences and that like this was affecting all of us but yeah i love people like i love seeing like series reg actors posting their paychecks and stuff you know all of us posting our three cent residual checks and all this kind of stuff <laughs> it's exactly right like no we are not making Leonardo DiCaprio money you know and things have changed for so many reasons and in so many ways um over the past few years like when for example just the fact that we have so many um very very a-list celebrity like film actors coming into tv and doing tv what that changed even before the streaming kind of hit as big as it was was that that actor was soaking up a ton of the budget so then every other actor was only making scale because the way that it usually works in film and tv kind of similar to other jobs right is like you start like scale kind of think of it as like entry-level position right it's, it's like it's like a minimum that you're going to make for that job so that depends on like the scale of the project but for like tv and film it's usually about a thousand bucks a day if it's like a certain level of project um and so that sounds really good, right? But, you know, keep in mind the actors are working like days out of the year. They're not working every day. And what happens is each time you book a job, your day rate goes up from that scale. So it'll be a couple hundred bucks more and then your agent you know, tries to get you a couple hundred bucks more the next time and all that kind of stuff so that you're making above scale. But what happened when all the celebrities came over is that the celebrity took over the, the chunk of the budget and then everybody else just had to make scale take or to leave it. So actors were already making like significantly less than they had been, you know, in decades and years previously. And then you add to it streaming. So the way that most of us actors make our money is off of residuals, right? Because we're making that first day rate. That's just the, for the days that we work. And then the way that it used to work is when it's um, airing on TV and reruns and syndicated and all that kind of stuff, you're getting money from those airings. And most actors make the majority of their income off of those residuals because they can be, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on, you know, how many episodes you're in or what you're doing. And all of a sudden that went completely bye-bye with streaming so and even the network shows like even if you were on a cbs or a fox or an nbc show where uh, that you know it's not a streaming show what they did though is they would air only the first airing on on their tv on their network and the rest of it they'd switch to their streaming service so then you're not making you're not making residuals even on the network shows because they're not rerunning it on the network they're rerunning it only on their streaming services so you know so quickly you have actors like eliminating the vast majority of their income so that you're only making that day rate so you know you do the math on that like how many <laughs> uh you know so if you book a week you know a week of work it's like how many 
top of show guest stars or do you have to make in order to make a living you know doing that it's crazy because an actor who books like four guest stars a year that's like a good year you know what i mean but if you're looking at the day rate that's like not even close to enough money to live off of right so it's it's been very interesting um but yeah so it, the writer it, it, it was um you know obviously very needed you know this is a this is a it's the same thing we're talking about with filmmaking it's the same thing right it, that it's indicative of the same problem in terms of everybody getting their piece of it except for the creator doing it you know whether it's a filmmaker or an actor or a writer they're getting shafted while the companies are making tons of money so it's that same problem that's manifesting in all these different ways um and and it's an interesting time just kind of in u.s history not to get too like <laughs> weird or whatever but we've had more labor disputes and strikes and, and things of this nature um, in the past three years than there have been since the 1940s. And I think part of that is just because of the widening wealth gap, because of uh, the consolidation um, of companies and, and corporate greed and all these things that we're seeing. So this is definitely kind of a, a time of reckoning for lots of industries. And it was cool to see, obviously, you know, everyone's always interested in Hollywood, so it gets a lot of press, these strikes, but it was cool to see the kind of attention it brought to these labor issues facing us as a whole and facing so many industries so that was another I think really good thing that came from it it was actually wild to see um I remember this was a couple months ago the CEO of Walmart came out and was basically saying that hey deflation is going to happen and that's a bad thing we we need to stop that and I'm like so hold on a second I'm like yeah. wait a minute wait a minute rewind so this whole time you've been blaming all of the inflation on COVID when in reality, to a certain degree, you stop. It wasn't COVID anymore, and you were just a greedy yeah. fuck. So that's yeah. that's I mean, what's happening right now. So like you because let's about, remember they kept making money right in yep. twenty twenty exactly, and it's almost they like, kept making money. It's almost like they were like how far <laughs> more <can> money? We, <laughs> how far can we go before you know they start pushing back and i'm like well you dumbass ceo you were basically you basically gave all of it away the black friday quote unquote deals gave it all away last year too where i was like you've been lying like not that i didn't think they were before but like you know how everyone's like well inflation because of covid i'm like it's not covid anymore well you're doing it because you can i think what happened is that the the veil was lifted yeah like these these things have always been going on it's just that now us as the regular Joe Blow, we now yeah, know I'm what's going on. Now we're aware of what's going on, especially, you know, getting back in terms to the to the film industry and streaming. I mean, I, I think for the yeah. average person, we we took streaming as something that was so oh like, oh, this is gonna be so convenient for us and and so much and you'll just have all your shows here. Well, then, you know, and you mentioned networks. I think this is why a lot of networks started making their own streaming platforms yep. because they're like, oh, well, then this is how we can have more control and more money and, and this and this. But less and less and less going back to the people that are actually involved in in making these. And even the idea, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this, too. And I, I know this was floating around a lot of... um of AI, like the fact that oh that was even a thought to yeah. completely eliminate writers and any original thought whatsoever and let a computer write it. And I thought, wow, this dude. is, this is, this is kind Isn't of, it? this is insane. Yeah. This is a little, <laughs> AI is actually funny. scary. 
It is terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying in so many ways. I mean, in so many ways and in so many industries. And yeah, that was another thing that really came to light out of this. And I think, um, you know, because of because of what a big factory was in these negotiations and stuff, there's going to be a lot of pressure on lawmakers to address these AI issues that, again, will affect, you know, way more industries than just the film industry. But yeah, I mean, it was really interesting to me how much these CEOs really looked like like evil villains in a friggin' you know cartoon or whatever. It's like the things <laughs> like the Batman saying, villain. <laughs> yes. Batman villain. Like, the quotes that were coming out and the things they were saying, the things they were doing, it's like how how truly terrible and out of touch can you be? Like you guys are your own worst enemy. Like your own quotes are just make you look so bad. <laughs> and I think another thing that was interesting about this strike compared to previous ones, um is social media and how much people could just get the truth out and how quickly they could get it out because uh, the, these companies, these same these same companies that own the networks, they also control the press and the trades. So in previous times, they could they could set the narrative. You know, they could they can control the narrative and set the story and, and make everyone believe what they were selling. And now you have people tweeting and you know tons of people tweeting out and and sharing the truth of it and whatever. And I think that they were kind of shocked to see themselves painted as the villains, which is actually just because of the things that they were saying and doing themselves, but that they weren't able to control that narrative this time. You know what I mean? Because there was so much power in people just being able to get the, the word out to everybody and share that this shady things that were going on and the ridiculous things that were going on. Um, so that was actually like a very cool thing to see as well. But yeah, some of these these corporate, these like, these CEOs and the, and the corporations can be so greedy. It's like, it's really, it's just so upsetting because it's like, I know for me, you know, obviously I'm a, a, my company is small and we do things on a smaller scale, but like I, I would never treat people the way that they do. And I have so much less money. We have so many, so much less resources. Right. And like, and even like uh, when, when the crew, the union that represents the crew members, the Yahtzee, they were, they were, um, they came close to striking a little bit before, like six months or so before the writer strike um, happened. And it's like the conditions that they were asking for, like literally, <laughs> to be able to like sleep for six hours in between and like and the things that are just so basic and I'm like I would never have people work for that many hours in a row like I never have longer than 12 hour days and that's the longest ever 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 like hopefully we wrap in 10 like if I can treat people that way with no money and no resources like you guys can afford to treat people that way with all the resources that you have it's like don't be just don't be a dick to the people working for you and and help you know what I mean it's it just it seems so basic to me that like we should treat our collaborators with respect and the way that we would want to be treated, but like somehow that has completely vanished in this time of like everyone just chasing that profit, you know? Yes. I think mm -hmm. what I think what happens and not to get woo-woo, but <laughs> a little woo-woo. Um, I think what happens is is that when you become so out of touch, you just lose a lot of empathy and you really don't know how to human anymore. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, that's what exactly. happens. I think these people don't know you you've reached such an upper echelon that you you don't you literally don't know how to human you you just don't and to your point and that, and that's what makes you think that it's okay to make computers write stories and take the humanity out of it right if yes, you yes full circle yeah mm -hmm. if you're yeah. not thinking human of course you're gonna be like well why do we need human we yep. have computer like we make computer <laughs> we have what human technology <laughs> yeah we'll make yeah. this is what this is what we'll do yeah that was um that was very strange but you know um just from what i was seeing on social media i think because like you stated there were so many and i mean like really well-known actors actors yep. i would i i'm huge 
fans of mm -hmm. um that were just being so like hey listen fuck it we you know they want us to starve they don't care listen yes. i'm gonna tell you right now this is posting their check like you see this? This is a check, like yeah, and then and people exactly to your point, like like people thinking that everyone's living large, and they're like, uh, I made twelve twelve dollars and thirty seven cents from this thing. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, I think that was that was really powerful for them to be able to like be real like that, right? I feel like the writers' strike last year too, also because me and you, me and Becky were kind of talking about this earlier. You know, <clears throat> over the last few years in America, especially like period at all, America has been so obsessed with worshiping celebrities. And I feel like last year, that strike, with them being real like that, I feel like it really brought people down to be like, they're just like Broke us. mold, yeah. Like, it, it was yes. like it was like a moment where people were like, celebrities are just like us. They're just trying to feed their families. They're this just trying just to a feed job. themselves. Like, like, we can admire what they do. Like, right. obviously appreciate, you know, we love cinema. So I admire right. what you're doing because I, you know, I, I enjoy this. But they're just like us. That's just what they chose as a profession and it was almost what like they do as a job it was like almost like this shift where it was like and they deserve to get paid exactly. for that job and have fair exactly right. you know working conditions and, and it was like you know you wouldn't think that's too much to ask it was and like we've seen workplace act i mean we've seen these things you know that that twilight zone movie years ago the crow you know yep. most re we've seen really crazy things happen on movie sets that it's just like if you stunt people being injured stunt people that have died during stunts like yeah. if you don't have you know we're talking all the way across the board with everybody involved if you don't have all these protocols in place and you're talking about yeah. skimping here and skimping there and putting people's lives in danger it, it just yeah. It was just, yes. it's just it's like, insane. you could just see this shift where it was almost like it wasn't people than celebrities. It was a united front, yeah. like completely exactly. united front. Where and people there was just more like, of that than there And I really that noticed care. that. And I'm like, people are getting to the point where they're like, they're just celebrities. We all need to be united under this one front and fight who, just like Hunger Games, don't forget who the real enemy is. Like yeah, exactly. it needs to be a huge like united front and not have a better than or less than like we're all yep. people we all need the same things and want the same things yep. essentially. Totally, and that and so like that is the fundamental of story, right? That like storytelling is all about that human experience that brings us all together, and regardless of like where we grew up or what boxes we checked demographically or whatever, like the human experience is the human experience, and we can all relate to it, right? We have way more in common with each other than we have you know differences so i that like that is so true in so many ways and yeah that i i totally agree like seeing people just again because i was talking about how you know in, in hollywood tends to be the opposite where everyone's always painting things so rosy so to just see everybody be real and drop the facade and be like hey this is how it is was like really refreshing for me because I'm, I'm such like a um honest whatever person that like i struggle with all the fakery you know what i mean so it's really nice to see to see people just be really real with it and and yeah to be united in that struggle and those goals and not just within the industry but uh, you know again affecting so many industries and all of us as people you know it was it was really cool yeah thank you for speaking on that because i know that yeah. that took up such a big part of last year and and i was you know i think like like most people especially just with our podcast we were following it so closely um, yeah. also just to see like, you know, there were certain, certain things halted and kind of seeing 
you know, like what, what was going to happen after all mm-hmm. of this. And, um, yep. I definitely think though, that I think to the average person, the first and foremost, the AI thing wouldn't have worked because I think just the, the average person wants to see, like you said, the human experience, any film they see. And I think especially with, with horror, because I think, and I, and we, we talked about this a little before in the, um, the last time we talked about how there being like so many different genres of horror. There's so many different things to pick from and you couldn't just, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing some, you could just not have any feeling and right off the bat, (laughs) but it ones that people are really invested in are ones that people have a human connection to being a person, being a person that's like super into film, like we are. And I'm sure you too, Victoria, if you don't have a connection with the film, what's the point? Totally. And and it's through like it's through people's weird specifics and their weird point of view. Like that that is what makes something have a soul and be relatable. Because it's like only it, it's stories being told in a way that only that creator could tell them, right? That's what makes it special. So it, and you see that even in like you see that in like box office successes with like everything everywhere all at once or even Barbie right you have these very specific like points of view in these things and people love it they eat it up because we're we're sick of like I mean even though it's not AI we're sick of uh, the kind of rehashed repeated reformulated stuff that's being thrown at us you know by a lot of the studios um, in general and so like AI is just going to exacerbate those problems even more right because it's going to take even more of the humanity and the creativity and the spark and the uniqueness of stuff away so I think like that, that horror is such a cool genre one of the reasons is because like people take so many interesting risks with it more so than other genres right people are, are like expecting things to be weird and wacky and different and like expecting creators to experiment and they're down for that. And that's why we see so many cool, interesting things coming out all the time because creators can take those risks and they're free to do that. And so if you're in a system that doesn't allow that or is having, you know, soulless things create stuff, you're like all that magic is gone. Like that's, that's not why we're doing this, right? We're doing this to connect with people and tell stories. And like, that's what makes it powerful. That's what Nicole Kidman tells us every time we go see a movie at AMC. <laughs> Nicole Kidman tells God us God love this. Nicole Kidman. I just really hope she understands. I, I, I hope that she can laugh at herself. The fact that people Dude. very clearly The first time me and Becky went to go see a film like recently that we first saw that, we both were like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I'm like, Nicole, are you, I'm like, are you and Keith Urban really just going to the movie theater? Less, like us randos probably. to go Midnight. see, probably, probably. How many times has a celebrity probably went into a movie theater to watch a movie and no one knew because it's dark? So yeah, obviously they could just, I applaud that. <laughs> I applaud Wear that. Wear a hat and some sunglasses. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody gonna know you. <laughs> no one's even going to recognize you, man. Yeah, absolutely. I so, applaud that. Yeah. So I do have a question uh, for you since we, it's been almost a full fucking year since we've talked. Um, Once, like, you know, after we talked and everything and you started doing more conventions and stuff like that, did you get um, a lot more feedback from your film and did a lot more people like talk to you about it and, you know, things of that nature? Yeah, it's, it's been really cool. Like my favorite part of it was just like seeing it with a crowd because it's 
it's there's something different of you know again now I'm gonna go Kim and ran again but like about <laughs> seeing it in a crowd with people like seeing their reactions and whatever yeah. it's just such a cool experience um and I love my favorite were the crowds where the people like talk through it because like people had very strong opinions on like Dean and <laughs> Dean especially but like during filming I think we might have mentioned this last time like the cast and crew was very split on whether he's like a total piece of shit or not yes. <laughs> um and I was team like he's a total piece of shit and so people were like no I'm just bad for him but like it was so my favorite screenings were, were the ones where people would like talk through and be like oh this guy blah like, like <laughs> so many opinions on his like actions and whatever and it's always also because there's a lot of humor in our movie it's cool to see what every crowd is different like what resonates with the crowds and who, what they laugh at and like which crowds are really like finding it really funny and which ones aren't and and i have such like a weird sense of humor so i'm always tickled when people find the things i find funny funny right so like <laughs> yeah. those uh that was like my favorite part of the whole process is like getting that feedback in real time kind of with the crowds you know what i mean it's, it, that's been really amazing um and even like the it was funny because some of the which festival was it one of the festivals that we were at um you know obviously these festival programmers they see your film like a bunch of times when they're deciding what films to program and then they watched it you know we had a pretty good turnout and they saw it with the crowd and she was and the, the festival program was like wow like it was really funny i didn't notice like how funny it was until i saw it with the crowd was, <laughs> like, that was like such a different experience seeing it with the crowd i was like i know um so yeah that, that kind of stuff is just really cool to see um <laughs> It, it's it's fun it's been it's been cool the, the the laughter and like what people laugh at is like my favorite thing to kind of spy on and pay attention to <laughs> i love that because that's so uh, that's why we still i still love going to the to the movies mm -hmm. um especially when it's certain films because it's that like uh that interactive with, yes. with everybody like that interactive experience where like we're all collectively uh enjoying this we're all collectively feeling this way or that way about a certain scene or a certain character or whatever yes. and i would be curious um, to know victoria what if yeah. you if you could narrow down your favorite theater experience that you've ever had it doesn't have to be horror just you know whatever movie that you went and saw and had a theater experience what would you say i think you asked this the last time because you said saw, I? you said if you could see saw again you would that's not my number oh, one. or no but movie yeah mm -hmm. yeah I think I, I, it's really hard to like remember specifics or whatever. But for some reason, I'm remembering this like such a rant. I was, uh, like seeing 300 in the IMAX, and nice. a scene where he like takes the bite of the apple, and he's like, "There's no reason we can't be civilized." He takes a bite of the apple and like, drops it out, and I found it so funny. And like, the, I remember the couple like next to us had the exact same sense of humor as like me and my husband, and we were like <laughs> laughing at all the same stuff. And and that doesn't always happen. Sometimes you get a crowd that's like, you know, they don't laugh at things. <laughs> supposed to be funny I for some reason that I have like a flashball memory of that being really cool um but yeah I mean horrors one of the reasons why horror is so great in the theater too is for like not like the jump and then you laugh and then they're like oh the, ah, the, you know what I mean like all the like reactions that it it creates or whatever I'm trying to think of what did I just see recently that the crowd was really good Oh, I can't remember. I, I just saw, like, last year we saw some horror film and the crowd was really good. I think that makes such a big difference. Like, LA doesn't always have the best crowds, I will admit. <laughs> but, like, you know, like, LA is a hard place, right? Like, no one's impressed by anything. <laughs> we have so much stuff here. Like, we have so much to compete with. That, like, same thing when you go see concerts and stuff. You're like, people are not, LA is not always the best crowd. But, like, when you get a good audience, I think, like, like it's, like, into yes. it and, like, having reactions, that is just the best experience. I love it so much. I remember seeing Annabelle Creation and um, yes. the one part where she's in the bed 
and she looks down and the doll's down there and you see the demon hand grab the doll. Someone behind, I don't know who I was seeing the movie with. I can't remember. But someone in the back was like, oh, hell no. And it was just dead silence until they did that. And we were all just dying. Like, I love shit like that. I know when my husband and I, my husband and I saw the boogeyman last year and there was a specific scene like where the little girl looked under the bed and then looked and every, I mean, you just felt like this tenseness. And then I heard this lady down front go, no, 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 no. Like under her breath, like you could just feel how tense everybody got when we were like, ah, like it just, that, that. You look around and everyone's like, oh, they're like clenching in their seats, right? Yes. And then, and then you have like people like me and Becky. Did you see the movie Thanksgiving? I haven't seen Thanksgiving yet. No, I know I have to do that. I, so there is a scene. I can't. I won't say. And I'm a. I'm anything. partial because I'm an. I, I'm a. I'm an Eli Roth fan. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so I was. I was so biased. I was walking into this with with high, 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 high hopes. Well, and it did mad. not. And it did not disappoint. So there's one yeah. scene in particular that's not funny. Like. It, it's like one of those things in horror, and I'm sure you, because you seem like you're on the same plane as us, certain parts in horror movies that are not supposed to be funny, but no. you laugh at them. Yes. Oh and it was God. funny I'm because it was it was a very yes. specific part of the film. Me and Becky are- Is it the part in the beginning? The oven. Oh, yeah. There's and, also another part in the beginning, and that too. too. That, and we're, like, hilarious. dying It's not funny, but- And this it... couple, like, down from us is, like, deadpan silent. And I'm like, they're probably like, are they Okay. and that's me like i love dark humor and like 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 that like i love it so and the thing is like they put it in there on purpose dude like you're supposed to laugh at it it's okay but some people some people act like you're like being rude by laughing at the thing you're like the filmmaker like is i guarantee you they're tickled by it that's why it's fucking in here you know what i mean so i'm with you those moments are funny i'm usually the person laughing and no one else is and i'm like it's funny oh yeah like in saw x when the fucking puppet rolls by and the guy goes hello like we we both it was like that was a very tense scene too, and I was like, "Of course, we both laugh. We're like, like hello." But it like breaks the tension too. Yes. It that breaks the tension. I was just gonna say, yeah, like that is why, like, the humor is so important with that because because it does break that tension because it is so tense we can't take it for so long, right? <laughs> so the humor is like such an important part of it. It's a, such an important release for us as the audience, you know. You know, going back and watching, and and just to to preface this with with Cold Blows the Wind, watching it again, like yes, general consensus still stands that Dean, no, like, asshole, we don't like Dean, like no. absolutely not, like voted off the island. We do not like Dean. You are the winkest, the winkest, the weakest, weakest link. link goodbye. goodbye. We're done. Yes. we don't like Dean. Um, but. I, you know, that movie, I feel like there were parts, especially in the beginning, there were parts, like everything with Briar, there were parts with that that were very tense. And then there, and then scenes that would break, there was a lot that broke up in between in that movie that was funny. Mm -hmm. Whether intentionally or not, it was just, it was funny. Totally. Yeah, it's funny because we had some people who watched it not in a crowd, like some like reviewers and stuff were like, at first I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be funny. Like, I was laughing at things and I was like, am I supposed to be laughing at this? And then like, the longer they watch the movie, they're like, oh yeah, okay, I'm supposed to be laughing at these things. Like, yeah, it's okay. They're on purpose. Like, you can laugh at it. But I'm with you too. And even just like, 
that's just I, I don't know I kind of uh, how do you explain it like even when I, like when I was filming Lexi my first movie there are things that people are like so freaked out at that like for me during filming I found so funny like <laughs> like things are just sometimes it's just really funny in horror you know like or it doesn't I don't know it's like it's when you're in it it's different you know what I mean it's like yes. so yeah it's, it's it's totally I think that there's a very kind of thin line right between because there's just a lot of like awkward humor that comes out you know what I mean I agree like, in a lot of horror yeah I've always said if I could even be like an extra on any genre of film it would have to be horror because mm -hmm. that just looks like fun even if the movie is like terrifying or really gory <laughs> it just looks like the making of it like the process of it looks so fun and mm -hmm. hilarious I know I I saw a lot of that watching the making of the um paranormal activity film specifically mm -hmm. the first yep. one yeah that just looked like that and that movie I remember seeing that movie for the first time and it just Terrifying. scaring the bejesus out of me mm -hmm. and the making of it looked like the just a fun. ball like it was just so yeah. much fun Totally. It, and that's, I think that's so true. I think also because that, that kind of tends to, I mean, okay, so sets in general are like, <laughs> they're like, uh, you know, you're doing long hours and like you're any kind of, anytime you're in a situation like that, like I'm sure you guys have been through in other circumstances where like it, you're, you're like with somebody for a lot of time, it's like forced bonding that happens, right? So you become like a little family really quickly. Yes. And so the environment on set is always a little like loopy and like dirty humor and just like shenanigans. It's just like, that's just the environment on like every set ever. Um, and so I think the, even more so, you're even amped up when you're doing something like heavy or horror or whatever, because again, that tension and like the, right? So it's like people are making even more jokes and like the the atmosphere inside is even more like ridiculous, you know what I mean? So it's, it can be, it's, it can be really, really fun. Like, I, definitely. And I think, I think too, in the process of making the film, I think just like for the person viewing it, that it kind of breaks <laughs> up the tenseness of the scene. It probably too, if you're, if you're filming a scene that's particularly tense or Absolutely. or really Heavy terrifying or, or yeah. yeah like you you want to kind of like once it's cut like, you know whew. you're like you know just to break just to break that up just so you're not like still you know super tense and anxious from having to shoot this very anxiety ridden tense terrifying scene i always um, love those behind well, the scenes things too especially like one that comes to mind is it where yes. the kids did not see what he looked like at all you mean and, in the original one in the, or the no no i'm sorry the new 2019 one. Oh, okay because i watched uh, the making one. i watched the making of the original one. Um, that was good too that scene where they all see him in um the house I in think the house it is, is the first yeah. time they ever yeah, saw him dressed time. up like that so it was a real reaction and i thought that was yeah. really cool when they like when they do stuff like that I, that's the best it's the best because you you um you know it, what we strive for in, in filmmaking and acting and, and stuff is, is honesty right so you can't get more honest than that real experience you know what i mean so anytime you can do that as a director it's so smart because to get that really genuine honest reaction of the first time of something is like so powerful i always think about that every time I think about that in reference to something like that playing off so well on screen is um, when I found out about uh, Seven and specifically yeah. the scene. Mm -hmm. So you know what scene I'm talking about because yeah. it's John yeah. C. McGinley. One of my favorite movies ever. I love that movie. I love that movie so much. Um, I, I've, I've probably seen it 
way too many times Have you that, are, that are healthy. Seven? Definitely more than seven times. It's not, it's not healthy. It's not, it's like, it, but that movie is shot. That was, that was David Fincher, right? I think. Yes. Um, it's so, oh, there's just, I could go on and on and on about that movie. Just everything, just everything about that film. But like, yeah, that scene when he's lean, oh, you know it's coming and it still gets me every every time time every time every time it gets me knowing it's coming is even worse right like it's <sighs> horror. i don't even know how to explain it yeah i'm with you because you're trying to time it that's what it is yes. you're trying to time it and nope you can't like no <laughs> every time that is a brilliant um fun fact too if you didn't know this victoria people who've seen um contagion so the yeah. body head cast that they used for Gwyneth Paltrow and the Contagion is the same one that they used in Seven. No so way. I didn't know that. you finally get to know what was in the box. So I thought that was. <laughs> I'm like that now we so finally cool. know. Yeah, I found that mm -hmm. out. I love I love movie mm -hmm. trivia stuff like that because I'm like same. even though Contagion I probably can never. Who you watched it when everything was no, going listen, down? No, listen. I was like, I'm gonna do the best thing I could have ever done for my mental health. <laughs> everything went to shit. I'm gonna watch Contagion. Literally one week after everything shut down, Victoria, I watched. Like, yeah, what should I do? Watch a watch a movie about a global pandemic. Let's do it. Yeah, I watched Contagion and I drank a bottle of wine and got sloshed drunk and was like, this is fine. <laughs> It was your coping, you know? Yeah. You, I want to talk about a movie that terrified me. You want to talk <laughs> about a movie that actually scared the living fucking shit out of yeah, me. That's contagious. Yeah, that movie <laughs> Because it was so simple. At the ooh, end, it was bat. so fucking it was, simple. Ooh. It was literally a bat that ate a bad piece of fruit, and then the pig ate the bat, and then the pig was fed to a human, and then the human yeah. just. I'm like, it's so simple. And that's what it's makes like. It I'm never eating pig. Again, no. <laughs> I cannot say the same. I will go out. No. I will go out eating in a blaze of glory. With <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? It's my favorite oh, meat besides gosh. chicken. Oh, I cannot. Man. Oh, I That's love it. Weird. But oh, uh, real quick, Victoria, too. Um, yeah. Do you have any plans to return to Horror Hound this year? I don't think so this year, but hopefully we'll, I mean, so hopefully we'll be in the mix, you know, on other projects and be able to get them in there and, uh, and get back, back there. Um, are you guys, you guys are going to go, I'm guessing. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. We, well, speaking of Eli Roth, he's actually yeah, gonna, he's going, he's actually going to be there. Yeah. So, that is so cool. their lineup for me, that's like my one big, like film, just, just filmmaker. I mean, I, yeah, Their I, I'm right trying to get it like is... to like like one, two, three talking points with him, so I can just be like boom, boom, boom. This is all I want to say, and I'm good. Good for them getting him. That is freaking amazing. Their lineup right now is actually disgusting because it's so good. So Mike Flanagan, um, Kate Siegel, which I want to meet Mike Flanagan so bad and be like, thank you for making Midnight Mass because you helped heal part of my religious trauma, and I just want to say thank you for that. Um, you said Eduardo Sanchez. Eduardo Sanchez was announced, announced to... today, and all three oh, from Blair Witch, um, Heather, Heather, Josh, uh, Josh and, and Mike. Mike, all three from Blair Witch. So, like, because there's a Blair Witch 25th anniversary this I'm year. Yeah. I feel yeah. so old. <laughs> I feel so old. And then he got Eli Roth, and he's got uh, Mick Foley, and then there's a few other ones. But I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. I don't checked, remember. But updated, I was like, when but, uh, he. 
because I wanted to meet Kate Siegel a few years ago when she went, but I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't swing it. So my friends That's bless them. Oh my god, that is such a freaking lineup, dude! You gotta, you gotta share it on social media so we can all. Follow oh hell Becky. yeah! Because I even told, oh, I even sure. told Becky, I was like, honestly, I just want to um, tell Mike Flanagan that, and then like meeting Kate Siegel, like that would be dope as hell. Because I was, I remember going all the way back to Hush. Like Mike Flanagan's one of my favorite directors because he is the psychological king. I swear yeah. that man. Like follow did the you, house of usher. Yeah, did you, so insane. That, that one was. I was just gonna say, and he's like, it's so cool to see all the things that he's done and like how his career, the trajectory of his career has been really awesome. Yeah, yeah, great. Just film. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to meet like Eduardo and and mm -hmm. uh, Eli too. Like for sure, just okay, filmmakers like, like year people for that are actually making like to meet filmmakers that I have so much respect for and. He'll, yes. like mm -hmm. him I've, I've also met zoe bell so i'm like that's two that i'm closer to quentin tarantino so <laughs> i'm fine because i'll probably like, never like, meet him degrees of separation baby a couple degrees of separation that's fine and that's away. and that's all i need and that's like i'll never i'm forget. totally fine with that i am totally 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 fine with that i'll never forget the time i at horror hound um i forget isn't that to v v was her name she was a makeup artist and yeah. I'll never forget when I met her because she did Jennifer Lawrence's, Lawrence's makeup, makeup for Katniss. I am a huge oh. Jennifer Lawrence fan. So I, yeah. I just took my hand out and I'm like, can I shake your hand? Because <laughs> I was like, this yeah, is the hand that has touched. Face. <laughs> You've touched Jennifer Lawrence's <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah. Just, That's amazing. Because you can say you're that step closer. I am like, one totally degree fine. from Kevin Bacon. Totally like, fine with that. <laughs> totally fine yeah. with that. Exactly. That's amazing. So fun. Yeah. I gotta say, like, after, like, completing our festival run and whatever, Horror Hound was by far my favorite experience. Like, the people there were just so cool. It was, like, such a supportive, awesome group of filmmakers. Like, I'm so, I'm still in contact with, like, so many people that I met from there. So that was such an amazing experience. So, yeah. A very cool, like, cool group of filmmakers, cool group of people. Obviously, they put together such a crazy lineup. That's, that's insane. I can't that wait so to fun. see. Um, yeah, I'm also excited, too, about the film festival mm -hmm. side of it because there yeah. are, um, there's a couple movies that I didn't get to catch uh, when we were there that I've since watched after where I'm like, yeah. oh, man, these movies were so good. Um, so I'm really excited to see the lineup yeah, that the that they have like the film because the films i was so impressed with mm -hmm. i don't even think there there wasn't one that i saw either there or after that i did not like whether it yeah, was a it was short really or, or a long form film i mean i was just i was so impressed and really really enjoyed everything i watched and again like and i and i've said this a million times but it really i think every time and specifically just going back to meeting like Eduardo and Eli and everybody on a bigger scale, but even in even independent filmmakers, I I just I it gives me such a a newfound and even more so like respect to the craft mm -hmm. when you get to yeah. meet people that put their literal like blood, sweat, tears, and soul into this thing, and then they spit it out, and I get to I get to be like, oh my god, I love this, and like mm -hmm. pick their brain and and just you know, in, in every part of it, it just, yeah, if you don't, I, I think everybody should, should have that experience. Even if they don't do what we do, if you, if you don't have a podcast, if you're just somebody that really enjoys films to go to more film festivals and meet people and watch these films, mm -hmm. because you could also, I mean, 
big directors have started like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, big names have started like that. Like that's how they, you know, that, that you could be talking to somebody and watching their film short now that could get picked up and made into a major motion picture, you know, a year or two, a year or two afterwards. And you're getting to see the, like the, the start of that. Exactly, the impetus of everything. Totally agree. I and love that. Like, and you're there in this atmosphere of people who genuinely just love yep. horror movies, right? And that's so cool, like to be around like-minded people, and that just the energy and like the enthusiasm is so fun to be a part of. Great energy. It was. Too. It was so weird last year because we had never Great done energy. anything like that. The so film actually festival being, side like, of it. After all of the trailers were shown, and after they did all the the questions and everything getting to talk to all of you guys like that was so i had to it was pinch, a very surreal i had experience. to pinch myself yeah. many times because i was like what the fuck is actually happening it's right very now? surreal <laughs> that's so fun i love it and that, that's what's so cool though too is like to feel the like enthusiasm coming off of right like filmmakers are enthusiastic about their stuff and you guys are like enthusiastic about your stuff and to be there or whatever and just like that that energy exchange of like yes love, mm-hmm. love, love for film and love for horror is like so freaking cool to be a part of so do you, um, one last thing that I had, uh, well, a couple things. Yeah. Do you have anything, um, coming up that you can talk about that you have in the works as far as, uh, um, any movies or, or anything that you're working on right now? Yeah. So we're finishing out a couple scripts, so we'll see kind of what the next one will be just depending on like how things go in terms of how quick we can make our money back, um, hopeless the wind and like other opportunities that present. But yeah, so I have a couple kind of contained, um, horror scripts that we're working on. Awesome. The next thing I'm going to do like immediately is, um, the stunt coordinator for hopeless the wind. Her name is Felicia. She's freaking awesome. Me and her are just doing a little like comedy stunt short together <laughs> that we wrote and are going to, um, act in. So we're like doing the rehearsals for that, getting all the choreography worked out. Um, and then we're, we'll shoot that. Uh, sometime probably the first quarter of this year and just have a little a little thing a little fun thing that we've done um just keep the creative juices flowing and like it can take a long time you know for features to like get made and get the financing and get all that stuff in in order so it's nice to be able to like do some shorts in the meantime in between time just to keep you know creating so that's the next thing i'm doing for sure um things always come up and things are always changing so yeah we will see but hopefully i can get another one back at around and you know soonish and then we can say hi again (laughs) that would be awesome and props to her because again like to throw out Mm -hmm. zoe bell i oh man stunt people Mm -hmm. to our listeners out there have mad respect for your stunt people they are badass like for real (laughs) for real like meeting i mean to tell zoe bell i was like you are you are a bad like that was a surreal moment because I was like, you are, you are like the the badass of the badass of ch- like, she just, but yeah, just all stunt people across the board. Like mm-hmm. I, I really, they just do not No, that is, yeah, that's an art form and a craft that just deserves the utmost respect. It, it really, really does. Really does. And, and like, it's, it's one thing to be like, like for, I got to do stunts on Cold Wizard for the first time and that was so fun and amazing, but it's such a different thing to be like the actor doing stunts versus to be a stunt person coming in, getting no glory and like no, um, you know, notoriety for what you're doing. And it is so hard on their bodies and things that they do are so amazing. And like the rehearsals required and just the, the dedication to it, like stunt people are just doing god's work out here man they're, 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 it is not easy at all it is so hard they're like um, real life superheroes in my real. book yeah and yeah. they make it look so easy they really do <laughs> it looks so easy right like everybody who's good at everything and you're like oh yeah no problem no i <laughs> can do that no no no, no. 
yeah, it's crazy. It's 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 like it's it, it's so fun, but like yeah, man, it is hard. Like you're sore as hell because your body is going through things. It's not like you're like you're doing every day, right? Getting thrown around, even though you're doing it, you know, safely with mats and whatever. It's still like you know, I'm you know, I'm like climbing on a six four dude's back and he's flinging me off. <laughs> like, it's, you're gonna you know, it leaves a mark, right? It's like it's definitely not not easy at all. I have mad respect for some people, but it was also so fun to do it. So yeah, me and Felicia, I was like, girl, let's just like do something for you and me. Let's just do a set thing because we have so much fun it's amazing and she's like she's it's, she's so freaking dope she's like even smaller than me she's like five feet like 100 pounds and she used to be a boxer and, and she just is like such a badass stunt coordinator and her choreography is so good and it's so fun and so yeah those are the it. ones love that it. scare yeah. me the most i tell people my my husband and i are are uh, ufc mma fans and yes. i always tell people if you want to watch the bloodiest scrappiest knockdown drag out you got to watch those lightweight, the men and the women's division. You got to watch so the tiny tough. ones that are like 100 to 115 pounds that yep. just destroy. I mean, they are, I'm terrified. I mean, like, yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, and it's such a different, it's such a different um, match than like when you watch like a heavyweight, right? Because like the big heavyweights. Totally like, different. Like, one blow and done and the little ones are like man they're like moving all around the ring they're crazy they're just like oh they're so they're so scrappy you know <laughs> yes you will see i mean you will like the whole octagon will just be drenched like i mean yeah. sweat and blood just just everywhere <laughs> like they just i mean it's, yeah knock down drag out for real um the other thing i wanted to ask not horror related but that i also love yeah. so much about your page is um you're, and I don't, I don't know if we talked about this much before, but, um, your involvement with, with, uh, pit, pit bull rescue, like that oh, is, yes. um, yeah, I, I love that. I love, I thank love you. Kitties. I love them. They're and thank so you. Wonderful. And thank, thank you. you so much for telling oh, everybody to so fuck wonderful. off that doesn't like pitties. That's all. Yes. No, <laughs> totally. Totally. I'm a crazy cool lady. Yeah. So I'm part of, I mean, I've been volunteering in our shelter system here in LA since college. Um, and fell in love. I mean, I grew up with dogs my whole life, but didn't really have much firsthand experience with pitties until I started volunteering in the shelters. Obviously, unfortunately, there, there's tons of them in the shelter system. Uh, and they were just like the goofiest, <clears throat> most resilient dogs. And I just totally fell in love with them. And then also like, even from, I mean, we're still seeing so much of the stigma, right? Still today, but like, it's slowly improving. But when I was first started volunteering there, like if I had like a big ass like Rottweiler or German Shepherd that I'm walking by, people would walk right next to you. If I had a pit bull, they're like, ooh, like across the street so dramatically, you know? So <laughs> there's like so many apartment buildings and, and that have breed restrictions. There's so much, so like even homeowners insurance that won't cover you if you have a pit bull and like all these kinds of things that are just so discriminatory towards them. And like they have a higher temperament rating than labs, you know? It's like they're like they're really, they can be great dogs, you know? And also dogs are individual, right? Like, like just like people are individual. So it's not really fair to, judge them based off of anything other than what they are as an individual yes. um so yeah i do a lot of work with a group out here called angel city pitbulls uh we pull the dogs from the la city shelters um which are the shelter system right now all across america shelters are just inundated they are slammed like they haven't yes. been since like i first started volunteering <clears throat> due to like you know the, the economic downturn the results of covid uh people being understaffed at the shelters like reduced hours all these things right people back are breeding like crazy to make a buck because you know no one has money right now and it's an easy way to make a buck so the shelters are like we have two to three dogs in the kennels meant for one you know they're euthanizing for space every single day it is a hot mess so please uh spay and neuter your pets and adopt out there please 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 uh i will get off my soapbox in a minute but yeah it, 
shelter dogs are amazing, dude. Whatever you're looking for, even if you want like a specific breed, just Google whatever state you're in, like rescue, golden retriever. I guarantee you will find it and you can get a dog of whatever kind that you want, you know, that really needs a home and you're basically like saving a life. And so do it if you can. Yes. Yeah. Every animal I grew up with, um, our cat now was given to us, but was a shelter cat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I thank you for that. Like Bob Barker used to say, y'all, like, span yes. your pets. Span your pets. Yep. Yes. Um, and, and adopt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you yeah. will just, you will find, uh, yeah, I, I've just had the best, I had the best experiences and best dogs growing. And my, speaking of big, intimidating dogs, my godmother had a Rottweiler German Shepherd mix that was the yep. biggest baby in the world. I bet it was and I have some of the best oh memories God. ever of that dog just being the love sweetest it. dog ever. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's so funny. So in my first movie um, that we did during the pandemic, uh, Lexi, my, my dogs are in it, right? Because we filmed it at my house. Love those yeah. dogs. Yeah, love, so love, yeah. oh, loved them in that movie. Love those yes, dogs. and we um, the, the, it's been so funny because like a, I've gotten so many emails of people like just saying like thank you for having like pitbulls in the movie and whatever, and then also just like the people's reaction to the dogs, like people hate that the dogs are there. They're like no dogs would act like like it's been a very polarizing like topic of discussion in all like the Facebook groups on the movie and the threads about the movie. It's been really funny because they're like who no dogs would ever act this way. I'm like actually they're my actual dog. <laughs> Oh, I love. So that's been like my favorite part. Of it. I'm like, yay, that's amazing. Oh, that <laughs> is so like, awesome. If you like pitbulls, go watch Lexi. You'll see my funny dogs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Last year in uh, April, me and my fiance, now fiance, decided to um, adopt a cat. Well, here's the story. So we went into. <laughs> it was supposed to be a cat. It was supposed but... to be a cat. So we went to. <laughs> <laughs> one of the shelters that are near where we live and unfortunately yeah. it is a kill shelter so i yeah. really wanted to just go there because i wanted to like just rescue a cat um and i've been such a fucking whore for tuxies my whole life <laughs> and black yes. cats so i went in to see one particular tuxy but when i picked him up he we weren't vibing and he wasn't good with other cats and I was like, I just don't feel like this is right because you know I'm I'm hundred percent your animal chooses you yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um and then this the girl that I was with, she's like, I want you to come see this cat out here. So she takes me to see his name at the time was Mufasa. And he <laughs> was a tuxi that had a little white mustache and oh, he had he's half Maine Coon. And um, I'm also a whore for Maine Coons, but I can't really have one because I'm allergic to cats and a long-haired cat would probably kill me. But um, I, mean, I, I am, but I, I just... <laughs> You're like, I'm fine. I love her so much. I don't care. I just overdose on allergy medicine every day. Exactly. So, <laughs> every day, trust me. Every day. <laughs> so I ended up picking him up and he made me cry. And I was like, this is it. His name is now Stu. You've probably seen him on my posts. On your feet. I totally yeah. have. Yeah. Yep. That's Stu. And then while I'm filling out the paperwork for him, my fiance comes up to me and she goes, so there's a tabby kitten. And I was like, Aww. okay. <laughs> and I was like, do you want her? And I was like, let me go see her. 
she was so sick. She had a upper oh. respiratory infection, and yep, so common in the shelters because they're, they're she, strapped. Yep, yeah. yes, and she was taken up off the streets, and she was like yeah. five months old. Um, and when she pulled her out of the cage, she like immediately touched my face, and I was like, "Well, fuck." Oh. <laughs> so we went in for one and came out with two, and man. came out with two. That's and how it works. Her name is Ivy. She's the little fat one that you see on my posts Red. as well. Um, she was so sick for the first two months we had her. She was Aww. confined to the bathroom, but she it's just funny because I was like, we went in for one and came out with two. And you also would have never thought now looking at her that she was ever sick. No. Like, she's never. She's all fat and sassy. <laughs> yeah, I love it. You know my favorite kind of a doctor? It's so funny. We had, we, we, I just did a meet, um, like, the doctors that came down from Paso Robles uh, to, to meet some of our dogs, and then they like fell in love with two of them, and they're like, "Can we just take them both?" And I was like, "Please, <laughs> the truck. How many more do you want?" <laughs> <laughs> that scene in Bridesmaids, I took all of them. Yes, I took nine. I took nine. I took. I took nine. I took nine. Yes, <laughs> yes, that is my dream, right? I know my husband has cut me off at three, but if it were up to me, I'd be like, I'm always like, it took, we had, we always knew we wanted two, so we had one, and he had, he had been abused for our first dog ever. Um, and he and so we let him like rehab and stuff, and then we got a second like ten months later. And we always knew we wanted two, but I you know two isn't enough. I wanted three, so it took me like four years of wearing him down. You know, that's <laughs> all you got to do. I am foreseeing in the future for you a <laughs> giant ranch pit bull rescue where you have thirty seven pit bulls and they oh, are just living it. their best life, and so are you. Love it. <laughs> love it. I love that for myself. That's great. Exactly. We have all this land so we can, like, you know, create uh, filming locations and do all the, you know, do all the All of it. For- all of it. It's the beautiful. only... The only question I ask is that sometime you invite me around because I would like to meet all of the pit bulls and be dogpiled. Oh, yes. Yes. Welcome, any, welcome to my, my filming pit bull ranch anytime. <laughs> and you can call it Vertuga, Vertuga pit bulls I love or something it. like I that. I love it. I love it. Just awesome. <laughs> well, this has been great. Victoria, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, no, thank you having me so much fun i love chatting with you it's the best and uh please plug anything um yes. plug the heck out of cold blows the wind and and anything else yeah awesome so cold blows the wind is now available for map purchase and dvds are for sale and merch if you're into it um at our website coldblowsthewindfilm.com so definitely check it out like i said it'll be there exclusively for the next few months and then if you want to watch some stuff for free or you want to watch it on amazon go watch lexi you can watch my comedy series disgraced um follow me on socials i'm just at victoria vertuga my whole name on all the platforms so oh find me follow me say hi i am so i didn't want to forget this i watched yeah. disgraced uh oh, yeah. it was hilarious especially like hey. the very beginning i was just like oh i'm gonna like this <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, like the first 10, the first 10, 15 minutes, like it just, it it got me and I was like, all right. And I loved it. So yeah, not horror related, but if anybody's looking for a good laugh, sometimes you can watch something that like, I've watched some horror movies where I'm just like, I need a palate cleanser. And then just, so watch the screen. (laughs) 
Need to still be a little light. Yeah, you need your, your sorbet to cleanse the palate in the middle. Get, get one, two, some disgrace. It's short and sweet. You'll, you'll get a little laugh, and then back to the dark, twisted horror. You exactly. <laughs> Sometimes I get like that, especially after true crime. I'm like, oof, I need a break. Dude. Yeah, same. I've done that. Same. I'm like, which is the most ridiculous? Like, I listen to, I listen to so much true crime podcast stuff, whatever. But then I listened to, like, a comedy one. It was like, who shat on the floor at my wedding? It was, like, so ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, it's still true crime, but it's like ridiculous and funny. And the funniest part of it was like, they were advertised, you know, the other true crime podcast on that podcast. And it's like this ridiculous podcast about, you know, who shot on the floor at their wedding. And then it'd be like, 27 year old blah blah was murdered brutally. Like, I'm advertising this other podcast and it felt like so tone deaf and weird. I was like, I I have had, I, I've had that experience before Yes, myself, definitely. Yeah. And the true crime, I'm, I've just watched a Netflix thing about any of these ones with doctors. I'm like, yeah, whoa. There's so much of that shit coming out. These, like, these crazy doctors, like killing people, like totally unqualified or just like whacked out weirdos, right? All the, the doctor ones are nuts. We're yeah, going to we have, we just watched the one about the trachea doctor. I was like, bitch, what the what? fuck? That's the one I told you. Did I tell you about that one? I watched, I watched that as soon as it came out and I, <laughs> what the I was, fuck, and then um, I mean, Peacock what, what just the did the series about it with Mandy Moore. Yeah, uh, we want to yeah, watch exactly. that. Yeah. Death on, on Peacock, I think. Yeah, one of my, one of my friends is in the, was in the last season of Dr. Death. Yeah, that is, I mean, crazy, these people. These oh, wow. The one with uh, Joshua Jackson, she was in. Um. So but he he played the friend. Um. His like best friend. The first person he did. His name's Dom. The first person he did the surgery on in the in the season one of Doctor Death. And this. Oh wow. Yeah, because that yeah, one was great. No, he's fantastic. He works all the time. But yeah. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah that's the homie. He he was great. Uh. But yeah, that stuff is crazy. That those those freaking like. God complex doctors who are just like, oh, I know, you know, they're nuts. After we watched that documentary, me and Alex both looked at the screen and said, man, fuck you. Yeah. Like, genuinely, just fuck all of you. Mm -hmm. Fuck the the Klondike Institution, because I can't remember the name. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Over there. The Klondike Institution that was like, well, we can't give up our money because he's killing people. That one was wild. Genuinely, go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's totally. It's like because like they're only allowed, they only get that far because of all these people worrying about money and covering their own butts, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's so it's so wrong. And it is so fucking heartbreaking to see these people just trying to live and they're literally dying what? because of a piece of plastic. What a fucking idiot! I I just I swear, karma, baby. <laughs> yeah, he'll get it. Oh, he will. I hope so, man. Yeah, because and especially like as a doctor, you're literally. You know, you have the Hippocratic Oath, like you're like first do no harm. It's just crazy, but it it does seem like it's a or it can be, especially with surgeons, a profession that draws big egos. You know, and then that leads that can lead to all kinds of things. But yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks again, Victoria. We yes. really appreciate it. We cannot me. wait to do this again. Good luck on everything you've got going on, and we will definitely be buying our physical copies yes. of Colt Blows the Wind so we can add them to Lexi. Yep. So excited. Yay! And then um, definitely, so definitely always sure. hit us up. If you got something new, you want to be on again, yes. we we are more than happy. Like we've said before, we'll say it again. You are a forever friend of the show. So. Yeah. I love it. You won't get rid of me. I'll be back with the next one, baby. Don't worry. <laughs> yes. We're excited. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. All right. Well, they, did you have anything else you wanted to say before you got off? I think I'm good. 
All right. This is a great episode. This was great. This was so awesome. much fun. Yeah, so fun. Every time. <laughs> DF, DFWTO fam. <laughs> yes. Full life. Full, full. Love it. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, Victoria. You have a good rest That's of your so evening. Welcome. You too. Happy New Year, y'all. Happy New, New Year. Year. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. That was um, our first interview of 2024. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, if you want to go back and listen to our original episode where we go more in depth about Cold Blows the Wind, um, again, that in, that uh, one we did back in April. Um, and we will Jeez. also put um, the website itself in our description so you guys have a link to go there and uh, rent it, buy it, watch it, support um, in every way that you can. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And definitely check it out. It's a fantastic movie. Um, and Lexi, um, and Lexi. Disgraced. Everything is on uh, Tubi. So definitely, definitely support that. All right, guys. So uh, next week, um, we know it's after Christmas, but um, there's been a lot of talk about It's a Wonderful Knife. And um, mm-hmm. we want to, um, especially because we had to ca- cancel a couple episodes due to the holidays and stuff like that. We We really wanted to talk about this movie. So we will be doing a movie review of that film next week. Um, so if you have not seen it, definitely get on Shutter. It's Shutter, right? Is it on Shutter? It is on Shutter. Okay, yeah, I was like, which streaming Shutter. service is it? I'm sorry, um, it is on Shutter. So definitely check out Shutter. Uh, if but you don't have Shutter, um, you should. Uh, you should get you Shutter. Should. Or am, borrow a friend. I am. I am making a point this year. Uh, last year. Um, was just a year of a lot of comfort films unless we had to watch something for the podcast. So I missed out on a lot of the last of three films that came out. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. So I'm trying to get caught up with a lot of stuff, but um, friend of the show, uh, his handle on Instagram is the black Han solo. He is actually the one. Um, thank you again for DMing me. Thank you so much for supporting the show. He is actually the one that mentioned us talking about It's a Wonderful Knife. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for the suggestion. Again, we love when we get suggestions from you guys about episodes. Um, And again, we know it's after Christmas. I just went to a fucking Christmas thing over the weekend. I don't care. I had a blast. Um, You can still have the spirit, right? We can still have the spirit. So we're going to talk about It's a Wonderful Knife next week. Um, And we hope you guys enjoy. Yep. All right, guys. Well, of course, thank you so much for listening. <clears throat> you can find us on all of the, um, the all of the Instagrams. What the fuck? All of the <laughs> social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and X, all at DFWTO Podcast, handle DFWTO8811. If you have any questions, concerns, want to say hey, or have any suggestions for something that you want to hear us talk about, please send us an email at DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. And of course, follow us and subscribe on Podbean, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify, and iTunes. Give us a review um, and, you know, rate us, follow us, subscribe, and you'll always know when we put out new episodes. And, um, yeah. Yeah, so And then far, also check um, out our merch. We're again. still a five-star rating on Spotify. <clears throat> we have 11 reviews so we greatly appreciate that um yeah and again like we mentioned about our merch we are going to continue to sell it for as cheap cheap as we can can. so um just so we don't want to yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna dick you guys around we're not gonna 
we know everybody's struggling right now. We are all in the same struggle bus. Yes. So, um, but yeah, uh, like we've said before, this if you can support us, even if it's just a sticker or a bag or a mug, um, all of that goes to uh, just future things that we want to do with the podcast. Yep. Equipment, places we want to go. Um, you guys know we're going to have some episodes again this year about haunted places. Like we're, you know, all of this goes back into the things that we put forth into our episodes, um, more conventions, things like that. So uh, just thank you for all the support. Any way that you can support monetarily or just being a listener, we appreciate. And tell your friends about us. Please. If you have horror friends, tell your friends about us. Yeah. Word of Heck mouth yeah. really carries. You can't really, really carries. have too many <clears throat> podcasts to listen to. You, you just can't. I don't believe that's a thing. I just don't. It is. I refuse. The limit does not exist. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. We will be seeing you guys next week. And of course, um, make sure to watch It's a Wonderful Knife because there'll be spoilers, as we yes. always say. Oh, show. All right, guys. Well, thanks for the support. We love you. And remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with the original. original. Bye. Peace. How long can she hold it, folks? <laughs> I was done. <laughs> <laughs>